We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. As always, thanks for watching and sharing and keeping the comments and questions coming. Hit share. Click. Yeah. Make some comments when you share. That's there always you helpful, go. Good. too. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's always nice to see that people share the video. It's even more so when we kind of know what they're thinking about it. Yeah. Even if it's like, these guys are crazy. We share. completely disagree. Yeah, these you know? guys are idiots. Share. And yeah. It's... It helps the conversation along. So this week's question, uh, the simple version of it, and then I'll give a little bit more background, but the simple version of the question is, can a single man be an elder? And so the deeper question to that, the person in their situation, they were talking about a guy who was obviously a very godly man, had been devoted to service in various ways. He's in a congregation. Uh, and people have wanted him to be an elder, but he has declined because of some passages that we can look at in a little bit. But since he has never been married, ah. he says, I don't qualify. And so the person was asking, look, we know he's a very spiritual and godly man. Mm -hmm. He would be a good spiritual leader. Do, is he disqualified mm -hmm. for being a single man? And then maybe we can do some more follow-up based around the general bit of that question? Well, this is uncomplicated from one standpoint and complicated from another. So let's okay. let's describe here, first of all, what I think most people have in their minds. Turn to 1 Timothy 3. Yeah. And here we have uh, the um, term overseer. A caretaker, episkopos, which is a person who looks after mm -hmm. the souls of other people. And um, it says in verse 2, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, mm -hmm. and then goes on. And then if you go down to verse 4, which goes right along with this, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family or household, yep. how can he take care of the church of God? Yep. So particularly in verse 5, part of the qualification is you've had family experience in managing other people, yeah. your your children, and they respond to your leadership well without rebelling against your leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so in this sense, to be a locally appointed church overseer, yeah. yes, you do have to be married and have offspring and have demonstrated that your offspring are led well by you. Okay. Okay. 
now. So it's not it's not an unusual thing for someone who has been devoted to ministry to go, no, I wouldn't qualify because of. No, it's not at all. Now, yeah. what I thought the person was going to ask, which they didn't. And that's where I think there's some deeper things here. So let's yeah, see. Was here's a man that's had a had a good marriage, Christian marriage according to God's marriage laws and he's raised his family well and then his wife dies. Yep. He's also a single man. However, he has demonstrated that mm. he can manage his own family and household well. Yeah. And I believe that he is qualified uh, to continue to be an elder because nothing's changed about that. Uh, and one of the reasons I believe him to be um, qualified, if you go over to um, 1 Timothy chapter 5 mm-hmm. and go down to... Uh, verse 9, read okay. your ESV there in verse 9. It says, Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband, and having a reputation for good works. All right, here's yeah. a widow that is the wife of one husband. Now, literally in the Greek text, a one-man woman. Mm-hmm. The having been is not in the Greek text. Hmm. It just says a one-man woman. Okay. And the exact phrase in the opposite is in 1 Timothy 3, Uh, a one-woman man. Yeah. So if the widow can be a one-man woman, even though she's a widow, I submit that the widower Hmm. can be a one-woman man, even if he's a widower. And so he would be qualified. All right. Now, one other element to this. There is both a generic Mm -hmm. and a specific use of the word elder in the New Testament. I think we've hit on this a little before. The specific use in 1 Timothy 3 is of a locally appointed church elder. Mm -hmm. That person, according to Paul, must be uh, a person that is married scripturally uh, or is a you know I think a widower that's been married scripturally and has demonstrated the ability to raise children to mm. to manage his children. Okay? okay, which I've got a follow up to that one. So but I know what your follow up is. Well, but uh, the the generic or general use of the word elder, as in the Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, milieu in the yeah. Old Testament and older Gospels, male. Well, no, it's a person who is a leader. The word elder in Judaism basically meant a leader. Okay. A respected leader. Mm. Um, In the Old Testament, prophets were considered shepherds. Yeah. Uh, Priests were considered shepherds. Kings were considered to be shepherds or leaders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tribal elders, all kinds of different people. And the fact that a person was a recognized leader because of spirituality or whatever, um, uh, evangelists like Paul were leaders, you know. Yeah. They, they, they would have been called by that generic term, mm-hmm. but they were not elders of local congregations having been appointed in those local congregations like First Timothy 3. Yeah. They would have been elders wherever they went in the situation where they mm-hmm. were they were recognized as as spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Paul, even though he didn't have a wife, 
spoke the word of God and lived as an example yeah. the word of God. And he wasn't a locally appointed church elder like First Timothy 3. But in the broader Jewish sense, yeah. he was considered to be a leader of mm-hmm. all the people. He was obviously someone they sought spiritual guidance from. Right. And so in that sense, yeah. that person that's mentioned in the question could, could certainly be a spiritual leader to people. Mm-hmm. And people could find spiritual guidance from that person. Hmm. Uh, Peter um, was married. I understand right. that. But in 1 Peter 5, he's called a fellow elder. I doubt seriously that Peter was appointed a local church elder in a local church, but he was generally recognized as a leader. Okay. Uh, second and third John, John the elder right. to such and so. It's not that the apostle John is a local church elder. It's that he is recognized as a leader okay. in the generic sense. So, so going back to the original one before I go to a follow-up, it's just because he says he's not comfortable with because he sees that the scriptural pattern is he should be a married man sort of thing. Yeah, I think he's right about that yeah. in First Timothy 3. But it doesn't mean that he can't be a spiritual leader in the congregation. Right. You know, elders, locally appointed church elders are not the only spiritual leaders. Yeah. So it's like it would probably be unwise, especially if the congregation has asked this man and seeks this man out for his counsel to be just ignored yeah. because he doesn't have the title. Right, and so they shouldn't say. ask him to be one of these kind of elders in First Timothy 3, but mm. they should seek his counsel if he's a godly man. That's, yeah. that's wise. And I think that may be where in our current, like the structure of Churches of Christ, there's almost that feeling of if he doesn't have the title, well, you can't, he can't make decisions. You know, he can't help. And, and I think that that's where when we look at the scriptural... That's not valid. Right. When we yeah. look at the scriptural setup, it's like the title doesn't mean that that's the only people who can make decisions and help right. guide. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the follow-up, when we were talking about the husband of one wife and diligent in keeping his children and everything, if you have a godly man who's been married but they've never had kids for one reason or the other, does that disqualify him? Because technically... I think... I think it would by First Timothy 3 because it says knows how to manage his own children. Mm-hmm. And um, in Titus, in Titus 1.6, I think it is, or you can look it up. It might be Titus 1.5. Let me look, make sure we give them the right scripture. Yep. Titus 1.6, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, it says... I'm getting there. Faithful children or children that believe. So in both Timothy and Titus, the children are faithful children, faithful to their father. That's the way I take yeah. it. Managed well by their father. Mm-hmm. And so if he mentions children in both cases, because in Timothy he says, if he can't manage his own children, how can mm-hmm. he manage or take care of the church of God? So there's something directly connected to the yeah. role of being an elder that's tied with the management of children. And that's the reason I believe that it is a qualification for a locally appointed church elder, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1. Okay. Doesn't mean he can't be a spiritual leader. Yeah. But he can't be 
an elder. So can I push it a bit further? Do what you got to do. <laughs> I think people are out there going, if he doesn't ask this question, I'm going to. So if they have kids, and let's just for the sake of the example say they're at home, they come to worship, they're involved in the youth group, they're good kids, they leave the household. No, I knew you were going to bring that up. They do what they want to do. At what point does this stop applying to the guy who's going to be an elder? Yeah. You know, does that mean they have to be faithful forever? Or can he have done his best? Everyone sees that they were there, but at some point in their life, choices were made, whatever. I think I'm entering the realm on this question. To be really honest, I'm entering the realm of opinion. Okay. I don't really have a passage of scripture that would answer that question. There's um, nothing that would say when it talks about children, it means child forever or adolescent age. Yeah, in, in, the, in the first century, in that culture especially, sort of like the pre-World War II rural, country, uh, rural culture of the United States, mm-hmm. there tended to be proximity and, and extended families of people that stayed in the same place for long periods of time. Yeah. Now in our culture, you know, young people move away across the country and have very little contact with their parents all, uh, a lot of times. And it, it does seem to me that that these examples have to do with children that are in your household. Mm. But the scripture itself doesn't give a definitive answer to that. Um, so while I might have opinions on right. it, uh, I don't think the scripture gives us an answer to your question, so I'm not going to try to give one. And I think that's a fair answer. Uh, because I think that many times when I've heard this brought up, but anytime you have eldership, you know, we're trying to build our eldership, appoint new elders, whatever, uh, that comes out at some point because there's always going to be that guy mm-hmm. who everybody loves and they remember the kids in church and all that. But, you know, poor so-and-so, he just went off the rails. And you that know, man and his, the elders that are going to work with him will have to make their best judgment and decide yeah. that and... You know, we'll leave that between them and the Lord. Yeah, but, um, and a lot of times it is the the man and his wife. You know, those people themselves generally let the eldership know one way or the other. Yes, uh, because a lot of the guys that you would normally look to appoint to that station in your church, right? They do read these, and they're you know convicted in their heart about right how that fits. So like I say, and I think I think people. Even if a man can't be an elder, that does not mean that if this man is a godly, consistent, serving Mm -hmm. servant of the Lord, that the church can't continue to look at that individual as as a spiritual leader who speaks the word of God and tries to live it out the best he can. Absolutely. See, that's what a true spiritual leader is. Mm -hmm. And there are... Uh, to, to put this on the flip side, there are some elders that may meet the outward qualifications of this yeah. that aren't very good spiritual leaders by example and et cetera and by their teaching. And so um, we don't want to ignore the scriptural qualifications because they're here in scripture for us. Yeah. On the other hand, we need to realize that genuineness of spiritual leadership is is to be seen in one's teaching and one example so hope i hope that's clear yeah 
I, I think it is, and hopefully it helps not only with that specific situation that was sent in, but maybe just general ideas, because I'm sure that's not the only congregation who has gone through right. that question before. Right. Uh, but if you've got any other follow-ups to the idea of elders and spiritual leadership in the congregation, send those questions in. We'd love to go through them. You have something close? Yeah, one more thing. Okay. Um, one of the most important characteristics of locally appointed church elders in Timothy and Titus is that they be um, good teachers of the word. Mm. That's the most ignored characteristic of any that I know of in the church today. (laughs) Uh, That doesn't mean once they taught a teenage class for a quarter. That means, according to Titus 1 verse 9, that they're both able to exhort in the sound teaching Mm -hmm. and to convict those that would speak against it. Yeah. And so that's that's a discussion for another But I think it video. again goes to the just the outward things that you can count, you know, you are you a husband of one wife. Yeah, check, but, but they know. tend but, to skip that one that says he's apt to teach, he's yeah. a qualified teacher. Yeah. Or they just make it more wishy washy. Yeah, and they they forget James that he says, Don't you be many of you teachers for yours is the heavier judgment. Owie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. So we'll we leave, need to leave, we'll leave that, that, that one there. And then we need to move on. Okay. There you go. So like I say, hope it helped. And y'all have a good week. Bye. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.